Happy Friday, everybody, or should I say, Merry Christmas, because I just finished watching episode two, season four of Mad Men, Christmas Comes But Once a Year. Oh, it's May here in 2019, if you're listening to this when this episode just came out. But in the world of Mad Men, in the world of Sterling Cooper, Draper Price, it's Christmas time. Of course, for Don, not that great of a year for Christmas. This is his first year being divorced. This is his first year where he's not going to be able to spend Christmas with his family, with his kids at least in the way that he has in the past. And uh, the family, well, they seem to be still, uh, they seem to be the Francis family now. I don't know what, what, else, what else to call them. But um, the episode starts, um, oh, and there's, a, there's some creepy people in this episode. And we will get to that. A young creep and an old creep. And uh, this episode starts, where else but at a Christmas tree lot. Where the Francis Drapers, I assume, you know, Bobby and Sally are still Draper, even though Betty's a Francis now with Harry Francis, uh, Henry Francis, whatever, whatever the hell his name is. Um, they're there to buy a Christmas tree. They're look. Bobby wants a really huge tree, but but uh, Henry's like, we can't, we can't have that one. A little bit, a little bit smaller. He, he's got an accent. He's got a little bit of a New York accent, and he talks like this, and he's very calm. But it's very little smaller. I've tried it. This is my Henry Francis. This is as close as I'm going to get. Uh, Sally wanders off. And who she run into? That creepy Glenn. Creepy Glenn. The creepy boy down the street that wants a piece of Betty's hair. And stupid Betty gave it to him. Remember that? Remember that? That was way back. That was season one. When it taught me that Glenn's a creep. And Betty is a dodo head. That's what that episode taught me. And years later, here we see Glenn working at a the Christmas tree shop. And, of course, he's filled with great... He, he seems to like Sally. He's like, hey, Sally, how you doing? Good. Um, you just walked by me before. Why'd you walk by me like that? He's a little creep. He's like, oh, I, I didn't know what to say or something like that. I don't know. What are you doing here? I'm working here. I do the twine. He pulls out a knife. You know, he gets to have a knife. Seeing him with a knife... Um, you know, that alone scared me that the knife had this little, like, uh, like decoration hanging from it, like a little string or handle rope. Uh, and of course that comes in later in the episode and she's like, cool. And, uh, they kind of left him behind, but he's like, oh, he says, uh, I saw your new dad. Um, you better, they're probably gonna have a baby soon. So you better ask for something nice because, um. You know that why you can because he knows all everything about divorces because he remember his wife was the divorcee in season one, and it seems to me that his oh excuse me it seems to me that his mom is remarried and they're having a new baby with his new dada, and you know this creepy little kid but like said oh you know maybe I'll call you sometime or something like that he's like I'll see you around whatever and Sally seemed to be a little taken with him Sally liked the attention I remember Sally misses daddy. And I don't think she loves uh, the current situation. Um, so, I mean, I can continue with that. Let's continue with that storyline. So, Sally uh, ends up getting a phone call. And it's a little, it's, it's, 
they say it's Stanley on the phone, a boy from school who wants homework help. But no, it was Glenn. He's like, do you want me to, you want me to tell you why I um, didn't want you to uh, – do you want me to tell you why I lied who I was? Why? Because this is private. And I don't think he said anything very private. He's like, why do you live in your house still? And she's like, I hate it here. Every corner I think I'm going to see my dad again. And he's not there. And he's like, <clears throat> he goes, well, um, that'll change. You know, that'll change. You'll get a new house. That's what, that's, this is what happens now, you know, and now th- when they do it and Sally's like, do what? And he's like, I gotta go. Cause his mom was yelling for him. Uh, see, Glenn seems to be infatuated with Sally, I'm guessing. And he, a, a, cre- a bit of a creep. He calls again later. No one picks up. He's calling late or at least at dark. It's Christmas time, so it could be, you know, 7 o'clock at night. He calls. Nobody answers. So what does he do? He breaks into the house with another creep and just starts making a mess, throwing eggs. They're, they're emptying out cartons, uh, you know, of cereal. They're throwing jelly. They're throwing crap all over the place, making a huge mess. Uh, you hear... Um, uh, they go upstairs, and Bobby's like, there's eggs in my bed, and... Betty's like, you can come sleep with us if you want. And uh, Sally goes into a room and she's like, my room is fine. Basically, every room was touched except hers. She goes out and looks on her bed. And there's the little string, the little decoration that he had on his knife. So she knows that it's Glenn. And she doesn't freak out. I'd be like, Mom, that it was freaking Glenn who came in here and broke in the house. Because when they found it. Henry knew it was probably just some stupid kids. Excuse me. And and when they found it, you know, they're freaking out. And Henry checks the house. And Sally goes upstairs. I'd be like, creepy Glenn did this to me. This freaking stalker. But she's just has this little smile on her face. Like, tee hee hee, I have a secret admirer. Not really a secret admirer. I have an admirer. He's a creep. Glenn's a creep. And you're never going to change my mind. Haven't seen Glenn in a while. And he's still as creepy as ever. So, you know. And that really covers everything outside of Dawn and the firm. I mean, it was just the, uh, just Glenn showing up or them running into Glenn, Glenn calling, Glenn stalking, and finally Glenn wrecking their house and Sally seemingly very happy about it. In fact, I think she held the little thing when she went to bed um, with a smile on her face. So Sally Drape, Sally Drape might like Glenn, but look out, he's a creep, doopity-doo. All right, let's push that aside and let's get to the main chunk of the episode. It's Christmas time. As I said, someone's tea kettle's going off. It's Christmas time, and Don Draper is alone. Alone, and he he lives in his apartment, and he gets woken up early one day and Who's there but his neighbor? Now, again, I'm all over the place. He's got a new neighbor, a new lady, um, a young nurse who is friendly with him. She's decorating for Christmas. Um, later on, Don comes home a little inebriated, and she helps him into bed, uh, helps him take his shoes off. He kind of gets a little touchy-feely with her, but nothing happens. She just says goodnight and leaves him behind. But I have a feeling we'll see him again. Every time I see a new woman, I... I assume there's going to be a new conquest for Don Draper. 
a new woman that he must have. Um, at work, they are working with a new company to help with research and with, um, I think, one of those things where they bring people in for their opinions, you know, like test groups or something like that. Um, and there's a woman there who is very familiar to me because she's the mom on Stranger Things. I had to look it up. And there's an old fella who I've seen in a million things. And basically, they are talking about what they do, how they test people, and they want to show, give them an example, have them fill out a test. And they're like, you know, these questions like, tell us about your, what do you think about your father? And that get, that guides you into how you answer your next question. It's all researched. It's all planned out. And Don, everyone's starting to take the test. And Don looks at it and he's like, yeah, no, thank you. He uh, just leaves the uh, leaves the, the room. He's like, I'm sorry, I have an appointment, which was just an excuse. He really didn't want to talk about that test. Um, he goes into his office and his secretary uh, says, oh, goes through the mail and talks about um, you, there's a letter to Santa from care of Don Draper. And it was from Sally, Sally giving a list of things that Bobby and she want for Christmas. What does he do? He gives the secretary a bunch of cash. Please go get all these gifts for my kids. Thank you very much. And um, there will be, I think they said that. I don't think there's going to be a Christmas party this year. Oh, she said, can I bring someone to the Christmas party? He's like, we're really cutting it short, you know, this year for money. Um, so we can't, but you are getting a bonus. Oh, she's getting a bonus. All right. Uh, she's like, oh, okay, cool. Thank you. So I'm going to move aside from Dawn for a little while because there's someone else who came back to visit. And it's Freddie, I want to say, not Freddie Roman, but, you know, Freddie Rumsfeld. He comes back. Now, the last time we saw him, uh, that is, I want to say, not, is it Glenn Murray? It's one of the Murray brothers. Um, and I don't know if his name is Glenn. But uh, he's the one, this is the one from One Crazy Summer. Okay? That's the one. That's what he always will be for me. Um, so he is there. He's back because he wanted to see them. He has a great idea. He has a $2 million account, and he wants to work with them again and uh, bring them the account. And if it doesn't work out, he can leave. He's been sober for 16 months. He doesn't drink anymore. He's been doing good, but he I guess he wants back with these guys. He just does not want to work with Pete. And uh, he went to see Roger about it. Roger's like, cool. Um, you know, this will work out great. Uh, he offered him a drink. He's like, no, no, not right now. But then he said, you know, what am I supposed to say? I don't drink anymore. Uh, and I think they were all kind of taken aback because then he brought, Roger brought him in to see Peggy and Don and um, Pete and, brought, and and Don offered him a drink. He's like, oh, no, no, thanks. And they're like, what is going on here? I, I think it was still very early in this world, in this kind of like, you know, uh, where maybe they don't talk about meetings as much and people are shocked if someone stops drinking. Um, so... The thing is, is that he ends up pretty working with Peggy directly about what's going on, you know, with this uh, client, which is Palm's face cream. Uh, but they kind of butt heads because Freddie is really old fashioned about things. He's like, we got to get Jessica Tandy. And I guess Jessica Tandy was old fashioned in the 60s. If you know Jessica Tandy, she is driving Miss Daisy. She is from Cocoon. Uh, you know, she, she was an older, older actress still doing major things. But in the 60s, I guess she was still kind of considered, considered older. Uh, old-fashioned and which I guess is 20 years you know if she was in her 80s and the 20s in the eight if she was in her 80s in the 80s she was in her 60s in the 60s so that's how that's how math works um, 
and Peggy had her own ideas, and they were butting heads and uh, you know arguing about like well, this is women want to get married, you want to get married. You, you know, he they ended up um, she ended up insulting him. He insulted her. He left. He never came to the Christmas party, uh, which we will get to. Um, but um, yeah, you see, I, I don't know. I tried to pause it there. I don't think that worked very well without me being seamless. A lot happened in this episode. A lot happens in every episode where I go, all this happened in this one episode? Yes. Yes. Yes, it did. Um, oh, they did talk a little bit about that sweet berry um, ham. Just a real little quick conversation between Don, Peggy, and Pete where he's like, they've done this much sales you know, for the year and we've done this for them in this short amount of time. You have to, keep, you have to give them time to kind of grasp that and catch up with it. So... Uh, I just thought I saw a deer running through the yard. It was a car driving down the street. My eyes are playing tricks on me. Um, oh, my God. There's so much else, but I, I don't want to miss things. I don't want to miss anything, and I don't want to go com- too out of order, even though I've gone completely out of order, and I always do. Um, what else? What else? What else? Well, let's get to the big thing. Um, Don. I'm sorry. Not Don. Do you remember that creep, Lee Garner Jr. from Lucky Strike? Well, Lucky Strike is their biggest client. He's basically 90% of their business. 69% if they get palm screen, which I guess they already do. Uh, but he's the big fish. He is their number one client, which means he kind of gets what he wants. And he talks about being in town. He called Roger. He's like, what's going on, Lee? And he's like, I'm in town. I'm surprised I wasn't invited to your Christmas party. He goes, we didn't think you were in town. And they really weren't. They were having a very small Christmas party. They're like, of course you're going to come. You, you you better come now that you're here. This is great. Gets off the phone and he's like, get Joni in here. He was, Joni, we need to throw a big-ass Christmas party. Um, get uh, Price in here. So they, they got, um, uh, what's his name, Lane. And he's like, you know, we. he was arguing about the money and they leave the lights on and the office supplies and the money is tight. And he's like, this is what we have to do. They kind of butt heads, but, you know, it is what it is. They have to throw a big Christmas party. Um, when they talked to Freddie later, Pete was going to ask about the drinking. And instead, Roger jumped in and says, will you be uh, sad at the Christmas party? He's like, of course I'll be. That'd be great. Um, but later on, him and Peggy have an argument, and he never comes to the Christmas party. He says later on that, it says that towards the end of the episode that, you know, because every, I know how it is. Every time you go to the Christmas party, that suit usually has a bottle already in the pocket. So he's doing his best to avoid getting into these situations. Now, he talked about having a he talked about this Palms Cream client and how it is. You know, he wants to take point in it. He wants to lead, but you know, he needs to be the contact still because it's an old fraternity buddy. Um, is it an old fraternity buddy? I'm not exactly sure because the little thing comes up later. Uh, while he and Peggy are doing some work, Roger comes in looking, you know, three sheets to the wind with a, his hat kind of tilted. He's like, oh, I just met, I just was having a great conversation with a guy from Palms. He's like, what? And uh, he's like, yeah, oof, he was, it was, you know, we had lunch and it sounds like they had lunch and drinks. And, you know, even now I'm, I'm, I'm getting a different change on things. At that moment, I thought, um, he was really mad. Freddie was mad because um, Roger stepped over his bounds and talked to the client, even though Freddie wanted to be that 
guy. But I'm realizing now that no, these guys are in meetings together. And if he's out with Roger and Roger's drinking, he knows that his friend is drinking too. He calls him right away, gets through to him right away. It's like, is there something you want to tell me? And then he says the name of a church, which obviously I believe is where an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting is going on, is going to happen. He's, he's probably his sponsor or the other way around, or they're sponsoring each other. Something is connecting with them and they're sober, trying to live sober. And it seems like Freddie's doing a, good, a better job of it than this guy uh, because that's why they ended up meeting. And it, it didn't dawn on me. At first I thought, you know, oh great, Roger's, you know, not doing the right thing. But that, that, that is his job. He's doing, he was, he was fine. He didn't know that this guy had a drinking issue. Um, actually, nobody, this guy had a drinking issue uh, except Freddie and the guy. So he knew right away there was something to do. And, and Peggy's like, is there something wrong? He goes, what do you think? And he leaves. Um, he does not come to the Christmas party. He does not come to the Christmas party. But the Christmas party is basically designed for Lee Gunner Jr. The whole thing. So uh, they throw this whole party. And this thing's going on. You know, there, there's, there's drinks and there's, and there's decorations and there's food and there's games. But they kind of, when they hear Lee Goners coming in, they kind of step it up. They move things around. They, they start having a game, the game in front of them. Um, and Lee comes in and he's really like, hey, where's, uh, where's Santa? Uh, and they go, oh, he's not here right now. And then they dance and they do the conga line. And then Lee Goner kind of, you know, remember, Lee Goner is the reason Sal doesn't work there anymore. Lee Goner is a piece of shit. And he's the guy who came on to Sal and then when Sal said no to him, uh, he got Sal basically fired. And we haven't seen him since. And when he said, where's Santa? I thought he first asked, where's Sal? I thought, wait, what? You know, <laughs> he doesn't want him there. Um, so he's like, where's Santa? He goes, oh, and he, he didn't get dressed up in the suit. He goes, you can get dressed up in the suit. And Lee's like, no, no, no. How about you? He's like, I don't really want to. He goes, no, you should do it. And and Roger's like, ah, I don't, the, the, it doesn't really uh, work. I don't like the feeling of velvet or whatever. And Pete's like, I'll do it. He's like, no, 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 you wouldn't fit in it. Roger, you should do it. He basically played the hand of, look, I, I own you guys, and I know I own you guys, and I can ask for whatever I want, and I want you to be dressed up as Santa. And so after, you know, not wanting to do it, he's like, okay. He goes and comes out dressed up as Santa, giving out gifts to everyone. What does he give to gifts to everyone? Cartons of cigarettes. Cartons of Lucky Strike for everyone, except... Lee Goddard Jr., who he gives a nice Polaroid camera to. And he's like, thanks, Santa. And but and he gets actually a little nuzzly with uh, with Jane, uh, who is, uh, you know, Roger's young wife. Um, and he, um, later on, he's taking photos of people sitting on, on Santa's lap. So we have, you see Pete get off Roger's lap. Then you see Harry Crane, and he's like, you could hear him quietly going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He had to sit on Roger's lap just to appease the stupid Lee Garner Jr. What I didn't talk about earlier was when when uh, Roger was talking to Joni uh, about planning the party, he was like, you know, you should um, you should wear that really nice dress, you know, the, the red one with the ribbon. It's like a present you want to open. He's still very flirty with her, and she was like, you know, she's playful, but she's not into it. I don't think like she used to be. And she's like, stop. And he smiles. And she's like, no, I'm not going to wear that dress. And But guess what? She wore that dress. And she's like, where's the, where's the husband? She's like, he's saving lives. You know, whatever he's doing. Um, so 
yeah, she wore the dress. She wore the dress he asked for. Uh, and we, you know, this is the first time we saw Roger's wife in a little while. She was just in it for a minute. Um, I mean, what else happened at the party? I feel like I covered a lot of this. So uh, Peggy brought her boyfriend to the party. Now, this boyfriend, uh, while she was working on the palm cream stuff, he came over one day, he tried to get touchy-feely with her, kissy-kissy, and she kind of blew him off and said, you know, I, I can't really, and I can't really tonight, I'm too busy working. I don't want to, I want to wait with you. I don't, and I like you a lot. And that's why I, I, I want to wait. I wanted to make it special. And the guy's like, I want to be your first. I want to, we could be special. I want to, li- I like lying with you, but I want to do more. I want to be your first. Oh, oh, buddy. Oh, buddy, buddy, buddy. Um, uh, you ain't, you ain't even close. Okay. I don't even know if Pete is her first, but Pete is the first one to put a baby in her. Uh, then there's Duck. Don't forget Duck. We haven't seen him uh, in a while, but he is uh, he is also, um, uh, uh, I mean, how do I say this, made love to Peggy. So, my man, if she likes you, if she loves you, um, whatever she does with you, um, you ain't her first, but maybe you will be her last. I do not know. Um, she blows him off, but later she kind of has a conversation with, with Freddie. When she was calling Freddie old-fashioned, saying how all women just want to be married, she was like, yeah, but I do want to be married. And he's like, well, you got to find someone. you got to work less. She's like, I have a boyfriend. Is it serious? So they kind of had a, a little talk there that wasn't, you know, just jerky, um, just arguing. He's like, look, if, if you're serious with him, you know, don't do anything because that'll ruin it. But if you're just, um, if you're not serious with him, you don't want to, you don't want to lead him on. Because that hurts. I think he was he was talking about blue balls. Uh, he was like, because that's a real thing, which I don't even know what that is. I, I don't think it is. And I'm a man talking about that. Um, the episode, I don't, towards the end of the episode, uh, when we see a montage of things happening, um, she's in bed with him. And he's like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've done this multiple times. Uh, she didn't say that part, but she's like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm cool, I'm cool. And he's probably like... Excellent. I was wonderful. I've changed your life. And she's just like, yeah, it was good to do it with you. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with them. But um, yeah, that gets Peggy out of the way. You know, we see Pete and Trudy. They don't do much in this episode. Um, you know, Roger had to deal with being Santa and doing whatever Lee Garner wanted, getting and getting Freddie's client drunk. Um, I haven't talked too much about Don. So Don did get his secretary to... Um, buy the gifts, gave her money to buy the gifts. I told you that he skipped out on that um, that kind of research thing. And later on at the Christmas party, um, the woman comes into the office and kind of calls him out on it and says, uh, you know, why did you, why didn't you take the test? He's like, oh, I thought you came in here to flirt, not to argue. And she's like, she just kind of talked, you know, like basically stood up for herself and says, you know, what I'm doing is important and what you need, you need to take it seriously. Um, and he was just like, I just don't believe that you reading about my, um, reading, reading about my child is going to change anything. I don't see how that does that. And she's like, I forgot, I forgot that, you know, your situation and, um, you know, this time of year could be tough, but don't worry, you'll be married in a year. And he's like, excuse me. She's like, I forget people. Sometimes people don't like to be told that they're a type. She basically said, you're the type of guy that needs to be married and you will be married in a year. Um, I, I don't know. He, he, if he needs to be married, why'd he, why'd he go uh, why'd he go dipping his toe in so many different rivers? <laughs> I just made that up. Is that something? I don't know. Is that a saying? Um, lagoons, maybe. I like the word lagoon. Um, 
you know, Don, I said he, he went home, he met the nurse. He went home another time, and he uh, the nurse helped him in the house. This time he went home from the Christmas party, and uh, he forgot his keys. He banged on the nurse's door. She wasn't there. He ended up going down to a payphone, because that's the way things were then, going down to a payphone, calling back to the office, getting his secretary on the phone. She found the keys, and instead of going back to the office or meeting her someplace, he makes her come all the way to his apartment, and she lets him in. He's like, Look, I'll g- let me give you some aspirin. She's like, okay. She gives him some aspirin, and he, she's about to leave, and he touches her hand, pulls her down on her lap, and tries to get kissy with her. She's like, no, no. What are you doing? No. And he's like, what do you mean no? And then she's like, yes. You know, at first I thought, okay, she doesn't want to do this. Good friend. She's going to leave. Um, I don't know if she felt like she had to do it because it's her boss. I don't know if she felt forced to do it. If that's the case, that's wrong, obviously. And that, you know, maybe those are the kind of things that, you know, this guy's a man of, in, in a position of power, him doing this obviously is, you know, effed up. Um, at least nowadays, it definitely is effed up. Back then, I don't, it, it is effed up, but I don't know if people knew it. Uh, because then she was like, yes, and let's do it. It didn't even get undressed. They just did it right on the couch. Uh, she kicked her shoes off. And based afterwards, um, she still had her dress on. She's like, you know, this was nice. I still have to meet some people. I have to go. Um, and she gives him a kiss. And he's like, uh, you know, I guess I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. She shows up at work tomorrow, and uh, Don and Roger are like, hey, do you have uh, fun? There was some, it was a, like a German thing, playful quote that they said to each other. I don't know if it's from a movie or a play or something. Um, but he went into his office, and there's a secretary, and she comes in. And he's like, oh, he, she's like, he's like, come on in, come in. And she's like, oh, okay, we're going to talk about, you know, what happened and what's going to what's gonna go on with our relationship. She's like, should I shut the door? He's like, no, no, you don't have to. Um, here is, uh, oh, he goes, what's this? And there's all the gifts wrapped. She goes, oh, I got all the, I got the gifts right away, but I only had them wrapped today. He's like, oh, great, thank you. Uh, I just want to say thank you for bringing my keys last night. She's like, I'm sorry? Goes, I just, I feel bad putting you out like that, and I want to thank you for bringing my keys. And he talks nothing about it. And I thought he was going to play the I was drunk and I forgot. I thought he was going to go for that. But he didn't even do that. Uh, He could have said, how did I get home? I don't remember anything. That would have been the smarter play of being a prick. But instead he just completely was like, nothing happened. And she's like, he's like, here you go. Um, Here's the bonus, I promise. Thank you very much You know, for all your hard work. Merry Christmas. Um, She's like, okay. And she just looked like crestfallen, which I don't use that word enough. It's a wonderful term, crestfallen. She heads out to her um, room, to her desk, and just like opens the envelope. And there's two $50 bills, which, you know what? I don't care. To 2019, if I got two $50 bills, I'd be pretty happy. 1963, 64, I I, I think that's a pretty nice bonus. But um, he gave her another bonus. I almost said it. Um, that sh- that he basically just um, r- ignored. And I think she thought something better was going to happen. I don't know if it is. Um, I thought, wait a minute, is this, is this someone he ends up with? Doesn't look like it. She put a piece of paper in her typewriter, started typing, and, and just kind of looked off. And I thought, is she t- typing her letter of resignation? Is that something that happens? 
You know, is that something women are like, I'm not going to stand for this and I will resign. Or she just like, well, got to go back to work. That was what it was. Which, if that's the case, it's sad. If it's resi- if she has to resign, that's sad. You know, I, maybe those two could fall in love and get married like that woman said. Or maybe he ends up with that woman. I don't know. All I know is apparently Don has a type, is a type, and that type is to be married. Look, I think I covered everything in this episode. Um, you know, Don basically, oh, the episode ends with him walking off with the Christmas gifts. Don, and he's going to, uh, Acapulco for the holidays by himself. They, that came up. Uh, and it looks like the next episode he goes there and he's not bringing anybody. And Jane's like, well, that's your own fault. And he's like, oh yeah. And Roger's like, yeah, yeah. He'll be horrible down there with all those women by, you know, by himself. Um, yeah, I mean, pfft. I think that covered everything. Roger had to get embarrassed by uh, Lee Garner Jr. Um, Don basically uh, took advantage of his secretary. Glenn is a creepy little kid who wrecked a house just to show Sally how much she liked him. She likes her. He likes her, I think. I don't know. Um, But seriously, uh, Henry Francis, you should go buy a new house. Go get yourself a new house. What the hell? Um, the sweet, the sweet berry, sweet water, whatever the, the ham is doing good. I don't know what's going to happen with palm cream, but it seems to have brought Freddie back into the fold and Freddie's not drinking anymore. And he is a little more, uh, he's trying to be a little less old fashioned with Peggy, uh, or at least they're trying to be a little more amicable to amicable to each other. And, um, at the same time, Peggy finally had sex for the first time with her boyfriend. The boyfriend thinks it's the first time ever, but it's, you know, the first time. There's a new neighbor. There's a nurse. I don't know what's going to happen there, but I know what Don wants to happen. Uh, and, I mean, I think that's it. Are we going to be New Year's? Are we going to be at New Year's next? Is that what's happening? Um, we, oh, I just bumped my microphone. We shall see. We shall see. Folks, I think I covered everything. And I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to another amazing episode of Made Man, the only podcast that I do about mad men. Um, you can find me on Twitter at MadeManPod. That is the best way to reach out to me. You can always email MadeMen at fansonexperts.com. Nobody's ever done it. I have gotten tweets. I've gotten, uh, I, stu- I do get tweets from people, which is very, I appreciate a lot. In fact, a couple days ago, I got a tweet from Alejandra Castro again, uh, and she said, I failed. I had two days off from work, and I rushed through the whole show. I finished season six. I'm sorry. So I think she was watching the show uh, at the same time, at the same speed as me. Problem is, I'm only I'm only uh, going through one episode a week, so it is taking a long time. If this was any other show, I'd be watching three episodes a day. You know, and just blazing through it. But I am taking my time with this show. Uh, and it just means that not everyone can keep at the same pace as me. And that's okay, Alejandra. I forgive you. Just stay subscribed to the podcast. Keep listening. Maybe, and and now these episodes are more fresh in your head. I, of course, it'll take me about 40 weeks to get to where you are. But I'll still be here. I hope you're still here. And everybody else, I hope you're still here, too. That's my announcer voice. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you very much for coming along with me every week through three entire seasons and now into our fourth as I venture 
onto a goal unlike any other. On a quest across the internet, or at least on Netflix, as I look to achieve the title of Made Man. Fans not experts. Go Celtics, go Bruins.